0: hey everybody welcome back to the hustle it's John Lamoureux okay this week's a fun one we are talking to cult metal god Thor now I'm really curious to know out there who knows who Thor is let me tell you the story I'll give you some background so back in the 70s almost 50 years ago John Mickle is like this world-renowned bodybuilder he wins Mr. Universe He's got he collects buckets of trophies and eventually like Lou Ferrigno or Arnold Schwarzenegger or all the others he sort of decides to go into show business and he adopts the persona Thor and becomes a rock singer a heavy metal guy. And but you know unlike Kiss he never quite had that kind of success but he was a total showman. Think about He-Man. He looked exactly like He-Man with the blonde hair and the muscles and the outfit and everything and back in the day in his shows They were very theatrical. He would bend steel bars and he'd blow up hot water bottles until they exploded. All for real. Okay. Well, this has gone on for nearly 50 years. And in fact, this year he put out his 31st, I believe, album called Rising. It just goes and goes. So now in 2016, they made a documentary on him called I am Thor that is totally entertaining. I've seen it a couple of times and the most recent time, I believe it was on Tubi. So it should be free on one of the streaming services. Go check it out. Now, anyway, uh, he's still at it. In fact, we did this conversation back in March, uh, right before the pandemic hit. So, And I had seen him in concert the night before. So if it sounds like all of us are a little oblivious, that's why. And in this conversation, Thor is joined with his band member, Ted Jedlicky. Uh, in the conversation. So we get into the whole thing. Mainly what I want to know is what does it take to maintain the Thor life, the Thor, Thor cult image? Who's what's the appetite for playing Thor on the radio? Who, uh, how big are the shows? How much work does it take to be this guy? Are you ever not this guy? Anyway, between him and Ted, we get a lot of really interesting answers to a lot of these questions. I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you'll check it out. If you've seen the documentary, you get it. If you haven't seen the documentary, you can even pause this, go watch that, and then come back to this because it's worth it. The jo- the documentary says it all, okay? Anyway. Thor lives all over the place, but when we talked, he was in a hotel here in Denver. First of all, Ted, it sounds like you're local to Denver. John, where, yeah. do, you, where do you live these days? I looked you up on Facebook. It says Boise. Do you live in Boise now?
1: Yeah, just a little bit in Boise. I live all over the place. You know? huh. uh, in Washington State is is one place, and Vancouver is another. Right?
0: Okay. The uh, Is life on the road just so, you know... Profitable that you got homes everywhere? or what? What's the story?
1: Well, I don't totally put all my eggs in uh, one basket like the music business. You have to be diversified. Yeah. I sure found that out in my in 50 years of being in show business.
0: I bet. I bet. Yeah. I have a million questions about that, by the way. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'll, I'll get to them later. I got to ask. So, you know, I'm watching you last night and it's such a blast and you still bring it. And But I was just, I was thinking, how many times a day does John just look at himself and say, I'm getting too old for this shit? I mean, do you, you know, how old are you now? Too old. Yeah?
1: But Thor is ageless.
0: That's true. That's uh, true. I'm
1: in my, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how old. I'm in my 60s. You
0: okay. Know? Okay. What's fun about this? What? And I don't mean that in a negative way, but like, what keeps you going? What drives you every day to keep doing this?
1: I think going out there, making music, recording albums, and going out there and promoting them. And uh, as you saw, the enthusiasm of the crowd. Yeah. You know, the guys going wild there in the mosh pit. The crowd really energizes you. And it's it's a high that, you know, you can't even explain. Yeah. You know, it's just something real special. And the fact that the younger uh, generation still is into Thor, you know, I admit I'm an underground artist, uh-huh. mostly. I'm not mainstream, uh, I didn't achieve the status of KISS, but yet we do have a status. We've got movies out there, uh-huh. and we're all over the internet, all over YouTube, and we got a lot, I mean, the, I do, uh, this is the 31st album. So it really is it's just that, see all these new generations uh, after 50 years of being in this business, Still get excited about music you wrote before they were born. I mean to me that's absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah that is amazing. Do you ever get tired of, I noticed that the the props and the costumes and stuff are probably scaled down from back in the day when you bend the iron and blow up the hot water bottles and stuff like that. Is that ever a drag or is this just part of the fun for you?
1: Oh it's part of the fun when I say strength is in the music when yeah. the fans sing along with us yeah, and, and get enthusiastic, as I said. Uh, yeah. It's in the music. We, we are adaptable. We're a flexible band. Like, certain, you know, I, I say we're more popular in certain territories and countries maybe than other countries. So uh-huh. uh, say we go to Sweden, I got bigger props and actors, actresses on the stage because, oh. you know, it's it's a, in Finland, it's one show, in Sweden, that's another show. Uh, and you get twenty thousand people. You get, you know, uh, it, it's different. But then you've got to adapt. Like, how are we going to bring the chariot on stage? <laughs> um, you know, in, the, in at Tennyson's tap. You know, uh, right. I mean, I could barely fit on the stage, and I had to dodge all those guys that were in the mosh pit. And they were coming at uh-huh. the stage. You know, they were. I, groups of guys coming in, and you know, if I didn't sidestep so fast, I would have been crushed.
0: Right. Right, so when what are some of the you know in Denver that was a that was a smaller kind of a bar or whatever? But are there other what are some of the towns where you draw a lot of people and or or maybe even other countries?
1: Well, Seattle was was sold out. In really? Seattle, nice. Yeah, uh, Portland was sold out. Great. Uh, they're big. They use bigger stages than the Tennyson Tap. Yeah, you know, you know yeah. they they can seat five hundred. Now the whiskey, uh, we do really well at the whiskey in Los Angeles. That's a, I mean, Kiss played uh, the whiskey last year, the only club appearance they played. So, it's just a very legendary, wonderful place. And you think so, Ted? Uh, oh yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's amazing. And the, the
2: fans in L.A. just seem like, you know, they still live in that those those heavy metal dreams from, from mm-hmm. you know, back to the golden years of, of the genre.
0: Right, Ted. You I. You know, you're a younger guy. Did you grow up with Thor's music? How did you even become a part of all of this?
2: Yeah, you know, I I uh, was kind of the outlier and and liked kind of the, the classic metal when, when it wasn't popular to like. And, uh, you know, through friends, they exposed me to Thor. And, and uh, in one of my old bands, we used to cover uh, Thunder on the Tundra. Mm-hmm. And and then just, uh, you know, by chance and knowing the right people, we, we got hooked up and I was asked to to play a show with Thor and it happened to be in, in Finland in front of, you know, thousands of people. And we were, wow. you know, <laughs> wow. you know and, and so if you're asking like, where are those big crowds? It's, you know, Finland and uh, Sweden have been the biggest ones that I've, I've played mm-hmm. with you. Okay. Yeah. Those are the largest crowds. Yeah.
0: Okay. Wild. So Thor, tell me, I am really curious what kind of an effect the I am Thor documentary has had on you. I've seen that a couple of times. That was actually where I got turned on to you. I think I had heard of you or, you know, seen snippets here and there, but a buddy of mine recommended that movie and I loved it. And it's a lot like Anvil, the other, you know, great Canadian heavy metal band that had a wonderful documentary made about them. What kind of a response have you seen? Do, is that how a lot of younger people know who you are? Or did they grow up on, with their brothers playing them Thor albums like Unchained or whatever when they were kids? How does it happen?
1: You no, know, I'd say all of the above, you know. You know, we we have done numerous movies, mm-hmm. and uh, movies I never thought would have longevity or would be so popular uh, in the underground with new young generations. A movie like Rock and Roll Nightmare, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our on our tour, so many fans are into this movie, Rock and Roll Nightmare, or they, or they saw Mystery Science Theater uh, 3000, <laughs> and they saw Zombie Nightmare. Another one, uh, that movie I was in with the Tia Carrere and Adam West. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere along the line, someone seen or got influenced by, by something we did. We may not have had all the mainstream hits that Dawkins had, had or, or Motley Crue, or, you know. However, we, we're sort of outside the box. It's done differently. Uh, people have discovered us through other ways as well as. The albums being handed down or whatever—just mm-hmm. so many things uh, that people are discovering us by. And uh, I think the, the internet coming into uh, play, you know, changed a lot of things for us too, mm-hmm. because a teenager, for example, can go on to YouTube mm-hmm. and just all of a sudden, wow, there—you know—what's this
3: mm-hmm. band?
1: You know, mm-hmm. discover a band that. You know that from the '70s or from the '80s, and suddenly they'll get into that band yeah. that quite heavily.
0: Yeah, Ted, I'm curious. Did you grow up with someone passing down the album to you? And if they did, what what was like a favorite track? What hooked you?
2: Oh, it was it was definitely Thunder on the Tundra. Yeah, was I had a friend okay. who had the albums, and and that was the one we all always gravitated to. And then he also had the the DVD, the Anthology DVD, which oh.
3: was
2: you know, all the classic. Yeah. Uh, You know, everything from you being on, uh, you know, the... uh,
0: Merv Griffin. Merv Griffin, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that that was the prelude
1: to I Am Thor and Thorless. Thunder in the Tundra, see, for example, in the 80s, that was a number one hit for us in England in the rock charts. You know, they had all the different uh, charts, and that was over Wasp and over Van Halen. So we never got that kind of national action in the United States or Canada. Like It was more regional, like we'd be played in New York area uh, on specialty stations or Chum in Toronto would play us. But we wouldn't get the overall for whatever reason it could possibly be you know even though all the strike feats were a calling card like uh you know kiss breathing fire and mm-hmm. you know and uh ozzy biting the head off a bat like he ozzy says i'll Al- always be will be remembered for biting the head off a bat." Right, right. you know uh-huh. uh, but the thing is these guys did get into the mainstream more than i did there are many i think critics and Radio DJs who said, Oh, this guy is this circus muscle man, you know, mm-hmm. or we're not even going to listen to his music, or that kind of thing went on, uh, you know. And I would get reviews on, even though I personally feel I, I'm a, a really good songwriter, and we put out some great songs that sometimes it wouldn't even be properly uh, listened to, uh, or they would just right away think, Oh, he sounds like a broken muffler or something <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> you know whatever the case is it's weird how you could have something that's a hit in one country yeah. and it never gets picked up in another country like status quo for example mm. you know, i thought they were a phenomenal band from england never yeah. really got the mainstream love you know in the united states
0: yeah so true i've never understood that either so do you have i was trying to think about this like what is thor's signature song is there a like I mean you you started the night off last night with lightning strikes. Which I thought might be your the one you'd end with, but what, you know, what's the song that most people do you think so associate with Thor?
1: I think if there was one song, but it it's it's strange because we could play one venue and they want to hear "Keep the Dogs Away." Yeah, uh, the most. And another venue is the "Thunder on the Tundra," or another one. Uh, well, definitely we accept the challenge. Everyone's been asking about that, so we started playing it on this tour. <laughs> nice. and I would say Thunder on the Tundra is kind of one that's everybody wants to that's hear the all one. the
0: time. Okay, okay. So you have the new. We, I wanted to touch on this. You have the new album Rising that just came out a couple of weeks ago. What number album did you say this was?
1: Number thirty-one.
0: Goodness, thirty-one! Oh my gosh! Wow.
1: Thirty-one studio albums. I mean, we've had how many? Six studio albums with Cleopatra records alone in the last, you know, four years.
0: Wow. And they're doing and, well know, enough to keep you around and keep you on the road. And you're, conti- you know, you're satisfied with success and all that kind of stuff. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I guess, you know, unless I'm a tax write off, ah. you know, I don't know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, right. you know, but somehow they're, they're very happy with what's going on and, and, and how it's building, uh-huh. you know, the comeback, Type of thing, yeah. and, you know. I mean, it's, it, maybe it's a rocky story, but I mean, they're re- really trying to promote us or get really get behind us as, as, as they do. They've got other artists that are pretty big in their label, like Danzig is doing mm-hmm. stuff with them, and they're really pushing the an Angel lately. I a- angel, oh, I don't know if you right. remember. Of course, yes, yeah. And the Guess Who, and Guess Who are kind of a, it's a different lineup. They still have uh, one guy that's uh, you know the original mm-hmm. member of the guest Who, but that's how things are going. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of bands when they come back there's, there's either one or two guys left, you know. Right. And even my bands, you know, the from Keep the Dogs Away, two guys have died. Mm-hmm. Some of the bands I toured with for the Dogs 2 album in uh, 2001 they passed away and mm-hmm. I, you know as you find your that uh, that your mortality, you know, uh, you, or you accept mortality more or, or try to figure it out more as yeah. time goes on when you get my age and you see you know different like yeah. people that were icons, you know? Sure. As well, right, that I thought were icons, and, you know? And they can pa- you know, pass, and it yeah. kind of freaks you out.
0: It's happening more and more these days, and it's gonna continue to happen, you know? All the people we grew up loving are getting older, and uh, it's, time comes for all of us. I am curious on Rising, the new single off that is Wormhole. that getting played anywhere are you you know what are there radio stations that are open to playing thor music
1: uh yes there are great yeah and 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 the, well the way we 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 did it and wait i mean if you saw i mean Ozzy's doing you know and mccartney did one uh, it too like you're, you release you know sometimes two or three singles mm-hmm. or one after another um, and you do it with the little a uh, video. You do a video, uh, mu- uh, music video with lyrics, right. and so we put out uh, one for the party never ends. Jed Licky directed the one for Wormhole, hey, edited nice. it and produced it, uh, as well as going back to the movie again, he did, he, uh, he, you know, Return of the Thunderhawk, the sequel to I Am Thor was Ted Jedlicky, who put that all together nice. and filmed and edited it. I mean, the guy's amazing as a filmmaker <laughs> as well. Ted. Yeah. The other one was The Game is On. So we put out three uh, music videos and, yeah. and they get uh, a lot of hits. For example, the metal voice, which is a pretty big, they get a lot, pretty, they have a pretty big following. Mm-hmm. Put it out and it got picked up by Brave Words, and so it got a lot cool. of uh, a lot of hits actually. Yeah, uh, I think there was uh, a lot when I last saw there was the party never ends. He's got fourteen thousand hits, and Wormhole yeah. got two or three thousand and climbing Good for at you. this stage. and then keeps going right. That's so wild. people get MTV, and you know or and and much music back in the day where you could make a twenty thousand thirty thousand dollar video and you present it to them and the council says no we're not going to show this video you know those are gone with the with the internet now things are different right you can be your own master in many ways and as long as you got a good plan you, and you know YouTube is very very important you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah we. People- Going going back to the radio question though, it, we've been you know getting the charts and playlists and seeing that we are getting picked up all over the. Country. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you know, true. i grew from, yeah. uh from University of Connecticut, UConn. Their their radio stations playing us. We've got KFI Radio in Minneapolis, where I'm originally from. So I I love seeing that.
3: Cool.
1: Yeah, all over the place picking us up. That's right. We you know I I was elaborating more on the music videos, but the fact is. The radio is is playing Wormhole. And they're they we're kind of picking their own cuts. Like Defender died, you know. There's so many different I think great songs on the new album Rises that they're just grabbing stuff they personally like.
0: That's why I'm really glad. I, uh, I'm always curious what the life of a cult artist like you is really like because you have a devout group of fans, but you're not necessarily on, you know, the radar of, you know, selling millions of records or tons of radio play, but you got to keep it going. And so I'm always curious how someone like you manages to do that. And it's, but I mean, it sounds like as long as you keep putting out quality albums that Fit your target audience, and they accept you, and they love you when you come through town. Then, that's the life, right there. You know?
1: Yeah. There, and there's there's just different ways of promoting yourself outside the box, like I said, and and always striving, of course, even at my age, striving to to get that big mainstream hit. Yeah. Which is you know something of a dream in America, yeah. right? Yeah. To get that big hit. One thing could do it though. You go on the on, on Saturday Night Live, one show, boom, <laughs> right. that could change things, like it did for I did Merv Griffin uh, yeah. back in 1976. That suddenly I got record deals and I did movies and things. Well, one big talk show type thing, uh, yeah, uh, you know, or go on the Kimmel Show or something, right? That change a lot of things. All uh, you know, you just need a big national spark, you know. Yeah, trying to. are so close to that level right yeah but, but yeah i mean the thing is it's business as usual but we're trying striving to do more i mean i i can still kind of walk down the street and people don't know who i really am uh-huh. you know i put a hat on or whatever and right. i still have my own i can go into starbucks you know uh, different if i'm in new york or los angeles you know people recognize me more there uh-huh. but but many many cities but you know and then i could become you know, Thor, and then doing the show, right? Yeah. I mean, people, and then all of a sudden you become that character and let it all hang out. And, sure. And get into the music. Right. Uh, when I was younger and and we were in all the magazines, there was a time where I was in the teen magazines and, nice. and everywhere and had the long blonde hair. I'd be recognized quite a bit in, in the major cities like Los Angeles, London, England, and New York. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so I didn't have as much privacy sometimes, you know, and then I tried to like just, you know, kind of uh, be a little more in, incognito. Yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, sometimes they sometimes would think I was David Lee Roth. That yeah. Time, uh,
3: <laughs> <that
0: it was. laughs> I could see that. So I'm curious, Thor, back in the day, I mean, we're talking... Okay, so let's... If we take your timeline, you know, early 70s or whatever, you're a, you're an established, successful bodybuilder. And it's much like, I'm guessing, could have happened with Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever, your opportunities are kind of all over the place. You could go into acting, you could go into music, which you did. I I mean, were you... Was the plan always for you to be a musician? Did you see yourself that way? Because I was watching you thinking... I, he could have been like Hulk Hogan, you know. You could have gone into professional wrestling and sort of scratched that creative entertainment itch that way, but you chose music. Why?
1: Oh, well, it's very interesting. Uh, you're right, uh, but I did do professional wrestling for a short stint. Okay, I tried. I tried that out. Uh, it wasn't how the WWE is now. Uh, back in the 60s and 70s, it was more, every region had, like Vancouver had all-star wrestling. Calgary had another, you know, cowboy wrestling or whatever it was. There'd be another segment down there, and these guys would go on the circuit, right? Like Don Leo Jonathan, Abdullah the Butcher, you know, Bulldog Brown, they they tour around. But it wasn't as elaborate as wrestling is now. So I did a short stint as Mr. USA for a while, mm. but very short. Uh, just try to find myself. And then I, you know, I wanted to, you know, where does a bodybuilder go after you? Where You know, you win all your titles, these titles. What? And I didn't want to just be stuck trying to keep going bodybuilding, trying to maybe try to achieve Mr. Olympia, which is like uh, a very difficult thing with guys like, Schwarzenegger around and Lou Fregno and I competed against these guys mm-hmm. uh, I competed against Louis Frigno and uh Mr. Universe and and the, the thing is it, it's a it's a tough grind too and it's it's yeah. like you're picked by judges uh just like uh figure skating it, it, it's not like yeah, a football game where you, you you try to win the game by going in there and battling each other or hockey it's, it's, it's a different kind of sport mm-hmm. if you call it a sport or is it an art form you yeah. know there's, there's yeah. different arguments about that so that being said I love movies like what Steve Reeves Mr. Universe did you know when he went into Hercules, Hercules and Hercules Unchained yeah. mm-hmm. and, and I thought okay am I going to go down to California and just try to make it down there but I ended up like going to places like Toronto and New York and uh first Hawaii and then and then Toronto and New York, and I and just I, it was more getting more into the music scene. And I, mm. I did start, the, you know, the music in 1973. I formed Mickle Body Rock, mm-hmm. and, and that was the beginning of Thor. Mm-hmm. And Thor, uh, the concept was uh, of a character like a Herculean character that could bend steel and was mm-hmm. had superhuman strength, but could also have. Searing and un- unbelievable music. That was my thoughts in my head. That were because right. I used to when I worked out. I used to listen to, listen to Led Zeppelin mm. and Black Sabbath, and that would drive <laughs> me into a frenzy. So right. I, I could train harder. Nice. And I saw that Alice Cooper was hanging himself, and Gene Simmons was breathing fire. And, and so I said, "Well, my mind would be strength feats." And yeah, then still blowing up hot water bottles till so they exploded. Mm-hmm. And smashing bricks on my chest and, and tearing license plates in, in half and things
0: like that. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> as well as sinking, of course. Yeah. Right,
0: right. So when, now, uh, I was, I'm was, r- i really bummed. I didn't get to see any of those things last night. Are they still part of the Thor show when you're putting on bigger shows somewhere? Or have you sort of retired those, those things?
1: The strength beats. I pretty much have retired because I've injured myself too much. I've been uh, knocked unconscious by, because I did real stuff. Yeah. It wasn't, right. It was like, the, you know, a real lifetime guaranteed hot water bottle. I would blow up till it exploded. I mean, sometimes <laughs> they would get so big, they would cover the whole dance floor and people would start running out of the club, you know, and then explode and knock me unconscious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the, in the steel bars, I would have 10 guys trying to bend the steel bar and they couldn't do it. And then I would, uh, bend the steel bar in my teeth, uh-huh. and I really, I really did a number on my my molars. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, as time went on, you know, all the breaking the bricks on my chest, and uh, I, I you know, I've, I've you know broken ribs as well by having sledgehammers break bricks on my chest, the jackhammer thing, and all that. And I think back too, did I really need to do that stuff? You know, because I think our music spoke for itself really. Would I have done better if I came out more like Rob Halford? You know, mm. many times I think that. They sure have the leathers and studs and rock out, but, you know, not not uh, trying to be this this character. Yeah. But I came from the 70s, you know, the early 70s. It was like the bigger the show, the better. Everybody was into the glitter rock era right. at that time, uh, 1972, 73 there were all these uh, glitter rock acts, and every Elton John was doing big shows. There sure. was Kiss coming in, and you know it, it was that uh, period. So, so I, as I said, I wanted to be this icon, uh, type of character, uh, superhero, and and uh, yeah. it just you know became my thing, and uh, and I I kept going with it. And, I you and, know. And, you know
0: I was going to say I was noticing musically if you go back and listen to Keep the Dogs Away there's almost a there is a glam rock in fact it reminds me even a little bit you sound a little bit almost like Lou Reed in that this sort of uh I don't know speak singing that uh and it sounds more power pop glam rock but yes then it you know with Unchained it quickly goes more into like the heavy metal route Were, were you Was that a natural progression on your part? Were you sort of changing into liking a different kind of music? Were you advised to do that? What was the thinking?
1: Well, that just the music changed. Uh, Okay. You know, when uh, we were recording "Keep the Dogs," it was nineteen seventy six when we started recording and and laying tracks down. You know, the the influences were, as you said, power pop, the punk punk uh, uh, as well and uh i was into lou reed and also jim morrison Mm. that's kind of my style of singing anyway so we were uh, often in the punk magazines at that time Mm. and also people said hey this is a power pop band because one of the co-writers was morrison uh people would say oh it's really jim (laughs) morrison we actually had a i don't know you heard of Clatoo when they it uh-huh. got picked up. was really the Beatles. We had that sort of thing happen too, as well. No that a little press thing came out it was really Jim Morrison. Yeah, singing it could have probably gotten gotten farther. You know, if it That's was exploited something. more. Yeah, and, and then just the music. It just got heavier, as, uh, you know, in between nineteen uh, when it was released in nineteen seventy seven, and then going into nineteen eighty three with Unchained. Yeah. Uh, we were just in a field of, of metal coming back yeah. strongly. Yeah. And that's how I feel, too. I wanted to do the heavy riffs, like Anger and Lightning Strikes. And, mm-hmm. and that's where the, the writing started to go, and the, the band started sounding heavier. And, it was, and that was a great time for metal. It was yeah. absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, it was. Okay, let me ask you this. I wanted to, uh you know, when we were talking about kind of going into the acting and stuff like that, the movie touches on how you were in the running to play Thor in Adventures in Babysitting. And I remember seeing that movie. And I remember that's Vincent D'Onofrio who went on to be a very successful actor. But it makes perfect sense that you should have been that part. What happened? Did you audition? Were you actually, was it really close? What went wrong there?
1: It was one of those showbiz stories. The fine line between the underground and the mainstream and uh i just completed filming rock and roll nightmare and there was a lot of buzz about me in toronto and uh chris columbus or christopher you know he was yeah uh, putting together adventures of babysitting and so they in the worst way asked me to audition for it i auditioned for it and they gave me a standing ovation so they i signed a contract i i was in the adventures of, of baby city and uh i actually you know, memorize all the, all the lines like you do with movies and, mm-hmm. and got, the, you know, the fittings, everything. You know, I'm I'm going as, you know, uh, I expect to be in the movie. Everything's all set. Sure. Suddenly there's a call from the agent and just like that, they said, oh, there's a change of plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vincent just came off of a, a big smash with a full metal jacket.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's like at anything, in show business, politics too, plays yeah. a big thing in this. And they, I guess, you know, felt he was going to be uh, something mm-hmm. special, something mm-hmm. of a star, uh, and w- which which uh, he did become, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I have no animosity against him. I, I watched, uh, you know, his TV series and, mm-hmm. you know, I saw him in Jurassic Park. Uh, maybe I liked it when the dinosaur bit his arm off I don't know. but uh, <laughs> no I actually really like like him as an actor uh-huh. I really do but anyhow what happened they paid me off because I had a contract and uh, you know it was, it, it was quite a, a nice payment but however I had an empty feeling because yeah. I I thought that was it was a Disney movie Touchstone Pictures mm-hmm. and I thought that was going to be a big opportunity for me to get into the mainstream yeah. just that to be in the adventures of babysitting and many people over the years thought, Oh, is that you in B- adventures of babysitting or, or, mm-hmm. you know, who don't really look at the the credits, you know, but, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah, you know, but, uh, no, it's Vince, but uh, you know, so that, that's showbiz, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, I would have just said, Hey, uh, if I had the choice, I'll be in the movie. You don't have to pay me. Right. And this when they paid me and, and, uh, it kind of felt empty. they just, kind of have to walk away from that whole thing
0: yeah i bet you mentioned in the documentary the fallout from that is a period of kind of depression and even suicidal thoughts if not actually committing trying to commit suicide i don't remember what uh what was that period like for you and i ask because i think it's interesting that first of all we all go through that and people assume i think a lot of the time that you know rock stars don't have the same kind of Hard times and depressive feelings that the rest of us do, but you do and so what was that period of life of life like for you?
1: Actually, I think rock stars or people in show business have the most hmm. And artists in general. Yeah, Van go who cut off his ear or whatever, you know they have the most highs and lows in their psyche, you know, it's, there's a lot of mental illness in show business because the ups and downs are so ridiculous. You know, say you got a hit record, you know, and you're doing great and everybody loves you. You're invited to all the, the parties and, you know, big-time stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, royalty loves you or whatever. And then suddenly uh, another artist has got the number one and you drop down. Yeah. All of a sudden you don't feel as good anymore. Yeah. Suddenly that certain excitement you had in your mind and feelings you had about being on top. And then that's not there anymore. Yeah. You know, your record's not as popular, and someone else is up there. And it's a roller coaster ride. And that emotional roller coaster ride can really do a number on anybody. And uh, if you look at it in showbiz, and you know uh, how many people can t- uh, do take their lives or or get very depressed and then try to mask it with heavy duty drugs. And, you know, it's it's that's just, that goes for yeah. movie stars and rock stars yeah. and other artists
0: yeah that's true okay i want, one of the things we try to cover sensitively on here is the business side of things um let's start with you ted i'm curious because like i was mentioning before i noticed i, I believe you live here in denver is yeah. your primary gig to you know work with thor and go on the road with him and be a member of the band or do you do something else as well you mentioned, no, I, you I know, a, making I that movie, you do. Okay. I didn't know if your yeah. job was to do creative things, uh, make movies. What, what is it that you do?
2: I, I actually, uh, I've got a nine to five desk job during doing, you know, finance. So, uh, that, that helps. Cause I do a lot of, you know, band management with, with Thor here. And so I'm able to use those skills and transfer them over here. And, That's great. um, you know, I, I don't think, Back in the day, Thor was on the road. Sometimes you, you were playing 300 shows a year, and
3: that's,
2: that's just not what he's he's up to right now. Yeah, at this stage of his career, and so for me, it's it, it's uh, you know part time, but also it's. Uh, I mean, I just love music and and the yeah. heavy metal and and the being getting this opportunity to work with Thor is, is amazing. So no, it's not my full time thing, but uh, you know maybe down the line I, I, yeah. it could be, but. You know, at at this point, the uh, the music business is, is just kind of I feel like harder to make that yeah. income. You know, you yep. got everybody talking about Spotify and they get a million streams and get eleven
0: dollars for yeah. it or something. Yeah. So
2: it's, it, you know, someone's getting that money, but it mm-hmm. it doesn't always go to the artists.
0: Yep, yeah. Who knows how to make it work anymore? Uh, really, I mean, all the things Thor was saying earlier about the beauty of the internet and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. It is. It's wonderful because it gets, it spreads the word, and it satiates the fans from all over the world to feel like they're connected with you. But it dilutes the business side of all of this to the point where who knows where, where that even stands. Where people are going to make money. I mean, you're in finance. You know this better than anybody, probably. You know.
3: <laughs> so, yeah,
0: yeah it's uh, it's frustrating. I think everyone is just trying to figure it out and do what they know to do, like you, and uh, hope for the best. You know. So. Okay, Um
1: but why does I mean why is Kiss going out for another? You think, well, they got all the money in the world. I know. What they've done. But why these guys torturing himself to go out and do or David Lee Roth? Why is he doing another yeah. tour or Elton John, for example? You know, yeah. where he you know he's out there doing stuff. You you think, yeah. wow, that guy made millions and millions. But now the the older guys are not making it. So much from from the record business or the 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 your record is sort of uh, a marketing tool yeah but you got to try to make it from the road and the road as David Lee Ross says the road can kill you
0: yep yeah it's so true it's so true what about you Thor so you had kind of touched on this earlier when we very first started talking that touring is only kind of one line item of business for you or what other things do you do or is is being Thor your I, I'm sure it's your primary job. Is it your only job, or do you do other thing have things, have investments? What do you, what else?
1: I, I'm into into a lot of different things, uh, really, because you know you can love music, but music doesn't always love you back. <laughs> Very
0: well said. Yeah,
1: and, yeah. and I mean it, it doesn't. You know, you can't put your eggs all in one basket with music these days, and maybe in the '70s. You know, I mean, in the 70s, everywhere were, we're you know, record companies were fat cats. And
3: yeah.
1: You get, you know, huge checks and everybody made a lot of money just from the records, you know. But, but nowadays, I, I, I like the sports business and apparel business. Mm. And I have involvement in that.
0: Wow. Just, really?
1: Just get a drink of water.
0: Ted, I'm curious. What is <laughs> the craziest thing you've seen being on tour with Thor?
2: Uh, I mean, it's, it's everything from just, you know, some of the crazed fans that just yeah. adore him. And, and, you know, there, there was a guy, Oscar Rolfson in Sweden, who's, who's a huge Thor fan and collector and he's got, I mean, he brought everything out and special, you know, edition, uh, records and, you know, pictures from back when John Thor was, you know, in his twenties and all, all this crazy stuff. And, Watching Thor going, looking through that, and bringing memories back—that was that's pretty amazing. And yeah. then, you know, just the, these young fans that—you know—the songs were written before they were born, and they just go crazy at the concerts. And yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. How are the groupies? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The groupies are great. Nice. There you go. You're a good-looking guy, Ted. I can imagine <laughs> that uh, with or without Thor's help, getting groupies is not going to be hard for you. You know.
2: No, I've got a girlfriend right now, so I, I'm, I'm pretty good about that. <laughs>
0: okay, good, good, good. That's great. So Thor, tell, tell us a story. What is When you look back over your career, what is what are some of the things that are just are mind-blowing to you? I would imagine a guy like you, with the career you've had, has seen just about everything on, on the entire spectrum of good to bad. What are some of the things that stick out in your mind?
1: Well, I've seen the good, bad, and the ugly.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Over oh, the years, seriously. You know, and, uh, so, I mean, there's been great moments. There was times, where, uh, one time we played the Dunes in Las Vegas, and it was uh, one of the first uh, real heavy metal concerts in Las Vegas. And uh, I look out in the audience, it was it was a Halloween show, and it was for the entertainers on the strip. And I look out in the audience, and it's, it's like, 2000, of uh, all these entertainers, showgirls and the acrobats and just amazing. And then you look at the, there was going to be a, a, these special VIPs and there's Sammy Davis Jr., Robert yeah. Goulet, no way. you know, they're all there, you know, in a, row, a, big, a whole bunch of incredible stars. And we did the show and they gave us a standing ovation at the end. And I thought that was a, a pretty amazing thing, you know. Uh, and and it gave you a good feeling. And then there was a time I was going to do the Unchained album, and a, a guy, Felix Papillardi, he produced oh, yeah. Cream. Yeah, he was he was going to produce uh, the album Unchained, and right before, you know, we were going to. I actually spent Christmas with him, and he and his wife Gail, uh, at his place in uh, in his condominium in downtown Manhattan. And we were talking about and going over everything, getting everything prepared. And, and just before we were going to go into the studio for Unchained, Gail shot and killed Felix Papillardi uh, you know, on, a, on a, some crazy cocaine binge or yeah. whatever. And then so I ended up producing Unchained myself. Uh, wow. But it was just just a, a horrible thing to happen, it just mm-hmm. just uh, crazy stuff. And then you know I can go to a great thing like meeting Ted for the first time at this huge festival in Finland. And, you know, uh, we uh, put the band together. I mean, uh, John Libel put the band together, the, uh, guitarist in, uh, return from the thunder of the Thunderhawk. Uh-huh. And he assembled like these, the Avengers, you know, these incredible musicians and Ted uh-huh. flew in from Denver. I've never met him before. We ended up actually going on stage you know, without ever playing in front of an audience before. And 20,000 people there. i say it was one of the greatest shows of, of my career. And, and I've had many wow. shows that I felt were great, but, you know, in 50 years of show business. Yeah. But this one in 2017 in Finland, you know, uh, was just amazing. You wow. know, how it just happened. It was just something special.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, how humbling is that to hear, you know, my, it, of course, it can be like the highlight of my career, but yeah. to hear, it's, you know, Thor saying that, at, you know, with all the shows he's done and, the, you know, his long career in music, that's, that's really awesome to, you know, be a part of that.
0: I was just thinking that same thing. I mean, from fan to like confidant, who gets to do that, you know, that's amazing. Um, okay, last question. Uh, Thor, what is, do you still work out at all? Do you hit the gym? Do you lift weights? Or are you just like, I'm sick of that. I don't want to do that anymore.
1: Well, could you tell? (laughs) (laughs) no, No. I, (laughs) I, I I still work out. I have to work out, but I can tell you when I was younger and I'm talking, I started weightlifting at, at seven years old. I started entering physique champions, championships at 12. I started competing heavily uh, when I was 14 years old in, in major, like Mr. Canada, uh-huh. uh, Mr. Teenage America, um, just, uh, I mean, I took it very seriously, and I absolutely tortured myself. Yeah. Uh, when I, well, we did an album one time called Beyond the Pain Barrier. I literally, when I would train, would go beyond the pain barrier, and uh, uh, i go down to Gold's Gym, and, in uh, Los Angeles, and I trained there and, you know, for contests. And and I really, really pushed myself hard with weights. And then with all through my career, even when I left bodybuilding and went into show business full-time, I still worked out very hard. Hmm. And now I do work out. But I have to tell you, I have to do different types of workout to keep it fun because I tortured myself so much during that period of weights. You know, when I think of weights, it doesn't make me particularly happy. Right. I don't get happy when I think of weights and dumbbells, yeah, you know yeah. Uh, so i I uh, do a, do more like stretching and running at the park and push-ups on benches, and then I'll go into the the gym they have at the park where I work out at uh, and and do some light uh, weights and because i don't I'm big enough, I don't need to right. uh, let me right. get bigger. I, I'm not right. trying to enter mr olympia but I want to be presentable on stage, sure. And uh, uh, and you know I, I, rather than having the shirt off, I, I have uh, armor on, and yeah. and you know more like uh, how Gene Simmons has his armor right. on, Yeah, right. you know cause, because back in the day it was always something. I I just want to say that one time I mean just recently I, uh, a a popular guy who's you know who's got a show actually mm-hmm. uh, said when he was younger he was really into Thor, mm-hmm. but when he saw me with my shirt off. All, you know, it kind of scared him, all the muscles and all that
3: stuff, <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> you know. And it's yeah. not coming from a 16-year-old, you know, who was into all the metal acts. Right. And that could have actually, uh, as much as it was a calling card uh, and something to get attention, maybe I should have worn more shirts and had more <laughs> costuming, like I was saying in the beginning of the interview, like Rob Halford or like Freddie Mercury, uh, and covered up a little more. And, uh, you know, so the very thing that gets the attention, sometimes catch 22. Sure. It's like, you know, yeah. Now you're stuck yeah, with it so forever. I'm, I, yeah. I'm more like wearing armor now, full time. And, and uh, you yeah. okay. know, of course, I'm not like, like I was when I was in my 20s, when I was Mr. USA, Mr. Canada, Mr. North America. I won 40 trophies that still carried into the, that, that physique you know, was still there in the 20s and in my 30s. I still am in good shape, I feel, but, uh, you know, not like that.
0: Right, yeah. I think my favorite line of the whole Thor documentary is when those two girls who are gonna be dancing with you on stage, and who I don't, I take it they don't know who you are, and they've just been assigned to come dance with you on stage, and the one girl says, yeah, he doesn't look like, he like we were told. He looks and he, she holds up the album cover of Unchained, and it's you at your just, you know, swarthiest. It's so funny that. Yeah. Work. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I lied. One more question. If it were all to end today, Thor, and you could retire, or you gave it up, or whatever, what is the one part of being Thor that you would miss?
1: Obviously. Performing with the fans there and, and meeting the fans because that's okay. one of the greatest things. That, I mean, unless you meet those fans, you don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. many times. I mean, you get all kinds of correspondence on Facebook and things, but uh, there's nothing like seeing or performing for them live and talking to them after, and, uh, and 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 they tell you what it means. Like, like I can't even believe it sometimes. What say only the strong men You know, one person said, oh, it got them through, uh, through a tough time. They listened to only the strong or what rock and roll nightmare meant to somebody or keep the dogs away or, or, or I am Thor, you know. Yeah. The, the, I had, I've had girls come up to me and cry about I am Thor and, 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 and say that they want to be artists, you know, wow. and, and sometimes it gets hard and, and, and I am Thor gave them inspiration to keep going. That's one thing I hear about I Am Thor is that it it gives them the inspiration to, you know, keep going, never give up. And I always say that, never give up on your dreams, you know, believe in yourself. You know, there's something that, you know, if you want to do something, you you can do something. You know, it may be in different ways, but it, it can happen. So that would be what I would miss the most. All the wonderful, wonderful, what I call them, the Thor core. Yeah, The Rock Warriors out there, you know, the uh, Brothers of Iron and Sisters of Steel. You know they're, they're really <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable people. That's
0: great. Well, good. Well, look, thanks for talking with me, guys. I, uh, Thor, I just find you a fascinating character in, and I'm sure you can imagine thousands of us feel this way. Uh, what a career and uh, the movie's a blast and the music is a blast. And so I'm really grateful that you talked to me. Thanks a lot. Thanks, John. All right, there you have it, Thor and Ted Jedlicky. Isn't that interesting? I, I got to admit, I mean, the line between fact and fantasy in here is a little fuzzy to me. Who knows, you know? It's just fascinating. You've devoted your whole life to basically being like a superhero or a comic book character, and it kind of is who you are. Takes over your life. What a life. Anyway, I thought that was fascinating. By the way, if you... I, again, I don't know who out there knows Thor very well, but if you want a good primer on like what Thor is all about, the soundtrack to I Am Thor is a really great, kind of a, almost a greatest hits package. It's got everything you'd want to hear. And if you like it, like the songs we played in here, then dig a little deeper. That's probably the smartest move. Okay? Anyway, uh, thank you, Thor, for talking with me. I'm not exactly sure what we're going to run next week. Uh, I keep saying what I think it's going to be, and then it ends up being something different. So it's probably best if I just not tease it, because it could be one of a couple of different things. we got a few things going on right now. Uh, There should be, though, a huge deep dive coming out later this week. Big band, big guest, one of our biggest guests we've ever had, is back to talk about an album that this person worked on, okay? So anyway. Huge thanks, as always, to Yan the Man Malkiewicz for working with me. Thanks, buddy, for all that you do. Everybody, you can find our page on Facebook and like it and keep send us a message. Keep in touch. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at The Hustle Pod. Uh, we put out new episodes every Tuesday. And, by the way, I forgot to mention, this is a song of Thor's called Let the Blood Run Red. So go check out some Thor if you want. We'll talk to you later.